another episode of You I Do. My name is Tania, and you should soon be hearing from Ashley. Just wanted to let you know that this episode, we will be discussing a topic that has been long awaited. Finally, we have a chance to do it along with some familiar voices and our friends. This episode is lengthy. However, it is a good one. So without further ado, let's get to it. Thank y'all for being so willing to hop on and chat, especially like last minute. This is really an episode we've been wanting to do basically since we started the show. We don't have a a lot of questions. This isn't going to be framed like our normal episodes where it's like, um, you know, like, what about this? What about that? We have some questions that we'll want to like hit on, but we really just want this to be completely organic. This is a conversation. Saying all that to say, um, we can move forward. So because the three of you, I do not believe y'all know each other. Um, Let's just kind of go through um intro so starting with tiffany kind of like who you are where are you located how long you've been in the industry you know and we just go around and then we'll get into it hi ladies thank you so much for having me so i am tiffany um affectionately uh tiffany event planner uh, the name of my business is bird of paradise events I am a wedding planner, event planner, mentor, and coach, and I operate my business out of Baltimore, um, but I service um, the DMV area. I have been in this industry. This is my 11th year. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Um, Candice? Hi, guys. My name is Candice. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. This is now going on my fifth year in bridal. Um, I started in the capacity of styling and marketing. Um, I'm the marketing director at Carrie's Bridal in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm also the creator of the Cocoa Bride, uh, which is launching this fall as kind of a bridal concierge and blog service. Love it. Thank you so much. And um, for those that are listening more than anything, All of these vendors have been on our show before, so I will definitely plug those episodes. Um, So, and I mean, Candace really spoke more from being a bride than a vendor, but we know, um, we knew then, and of course now, how closely associated she is in the bridal industry and of course in bridal publications. So, all right, Lanil. Hi ladies, Uh, my name is Lanil Moon and my company is Special Event Factory. I am a floral designer, and I've been a floral designer for about four years now. I started off as a planner that started 10 years ago. I know I have such a baby face, but <laughs> but it did start a long time ago. And Ashley is actually my bride for um, October 10, 10, 20. So that's how we met. And um, we actually realized that we're almost, almost birthday twins. We were born two days apart. And we're actually like this. We, we actually see a lot of things eye to eye. But yeah, I do florals for weddings and special events. And actually, because of COVID, some things have changed with the business. So I'll be doing some different offerings as a lot of people have. So I've been offering individual arrangements, which is a new concept for our business. But um, overall, we just like to do the flowers. That's kind of where I like to stay, my happy place. <laughs> no planning for you. Um, <laughs> well, um, again, thank y'all for coming on the show. We're going to just kind of like get into this conversation. All right, just to kind of start, um, 
how has like the last 72 hours been for each of you? Like in terms of the attention, the tags, what, what has that looked like for each of your brands? Personally, for me, I know yesterday uh, was extremely overwhelming. I had to um, text a colleague and or also a coach of mine. And I was just like, social media has completely drained me. While I was appreciative, it was also just overwhelming um, with social media and dealing with my own personal feelings. Um, So it was just a collide of things and emotions that were going on. Um, There were also like a few DMs and I just, I just couldn't keep up. One, I couldn't keep up. I had to take a step back. Two, it was just the overwhelming now concern for black vendors and black businesses. Um, When COVID started, you know, we weren't visibly in this situation, this new situation, We were in a COVID pandemic situation where we were pushing small businesses. You know, it was continue to support small businesses so that we could sustain, you know, our businesses. So yesterday and maybe the day before was just overwhelming with support black business. So that's, you know, how the last 72 hours have been just overwhelming. Just as you're dealing with your personal feelings your professional feelings, this newfound love for black vendors. So it was just, it was all, it was all a lot. Um, And I still don't think that I have um, completely processed it all. Yeah. It's going to take some time. I would imagine for all of us. Yeah. For me, I think it's been really bittersweet because I'm so passionate about black vendors. So I get excited when I see vendors that I know are amazing, like finally being mentioned on big platforms. But then, like you said, it's the personal side of like trying to deal with that. And then also a little bit of like, I hope this isn't fleeting. Like, Mm -hmm. I hope that black vendors aren't trending right now. And then it's Pride Month. So then next week you're on to the new vendor, like that kind of thing. I'm hoping that it is a recognition that is genuine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just getting a lot of uh, DMs and new followers and people asking questions on how to say this or what's the best way to say that. So it's kind of been like, a lot in a good way. And also in just a little bit, like you said, kind of draining, kind of got to take like a little break and step back. The past 72 hours, I have to think about how I respond all the time. And I am an activist and, you know, I, I, I speak out and, but I was doing it behind the scenes in a very subtle way. I just chose to use only black models. I wanted to be the change on my own, but I never, but at, when I first started, I never used to put my pitch on anything. Like it was very, calculated I would always sneak my black in a little way you know and so now everybody's like oh black vendors black vendors and I'm like oh I can put my fist in I can put my fist up it's okay now <laughs> like and I'm looking on my show like everybody else is doing it so it's okay I'm a slide into the story let me see and then like you said bittersweet because now I when I started speaking out on, on other people on other major brands pages I started getting more followers the mm. more I talk back the more followers I got like I, I was just saying how I felt like straight up Mm-hmm. One one huge top floor designer. I'm not gonna call this person out. This person is our shade. Mm. When I called this person out, they said no comment, and I was flabbergasted because if I were to post this person's comment on mm. my story, it would probably shut him down. 
Him. Mm. I don't care. I said it. Him. Because yeah. he is one of the top designers in our industry because he chose not to speak out. So it hurt me because I felt like if you have a platform, you should be saying something. But that's just my opinion. So that's how I feel like I'm just saying how I feel, you know, saying how I feel. Mm-hmm. So then it was like empowering. Like you said, bittersweet, Ken. It's empowering, but then it's sad on the back end. Like it's sad that people feel like they can't say how they feel because they're afraid. We're still mm. afraid in 2020 as black people to say how we feel as entrepreneurs, right? not even as working nine to five. I get that. Trust me. I feel, you know, I feel if you work in nine to five, you got to be a straight face. But if you're an entrepreneur and you're still afraid to say how you feel publicly, then it don't even make any sense to have your own business at that point. Because then who are you serving? Right. I mean, who you who are you working for? You know, so it's like, I mean, not to say you have to go out here and say, you know, I think everybody should get killed. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to say that, but you should be able to say Black Lives Matter and don't feel bad about it, you know, because Nike's saying it, you know, like major brands are okay saying it. Why you can't say it? You're Black. Mm -hmm. I'm confused. So that's why I've been like torn. The last, the perfect word for me, the last three days, I felt torn. Just completely torn up, torn up inside, torn up professionally and just torn as a mother because I'm still for my kids you know I want to I want them to be in a bubble not seeing what's going on but still kind of not being woke you know as little kids you know you want them to be aware so it's kind of I don't know I'm torn now I get that I mean yeah like I mean all of you basically said it's so much at one time where it's like we haven't even still had the chance to process George Floyd and that was just what a week and a half ago Mm -hmm. um and then the protests came after that of course and we're still in the middle of a pandemic also right and then like for me personally Friday was my birthday and it's like I can't even really go out celebrate my birthday in the way I want to because we're in a pandemic And then that's kind of like when the protest started and then slowly it just like, I hold up, let's just step back. I did not hear about Blackout Tuesday until Tuesday. So when I looked up and I saw that people were talking about Blackout Tuesday and everybody put their black boxes up, whether they're black, whether they're white, whatever. At that point, I was just a little like confused because I'm like, that to me was like the final kind of like shift of something is about to happen because over the weekend I saw brands speaking out about Black Lives Matter. Brands putting Black Lives Matter on their Instagram feeds and on their sending out emails, um, carefully written of course but there's like just all this attention started out of nowhere it just feels like it was out of nowhere because george floyd was not the first black man to die the first black person to die by the cops or by a white person that felt that his life just didn't need to happen anymore that he couldn't just he needed to die because that's how they felt and so that's what happened we didn't get this with Trayvon. We didn't get this with Mike Brown. We didn't get this with Philando Castile or Alton Sterling, Freddie Gray. The list goes on, right? Pull out the scroll. Sandy Bland. I mean, we didn't get any of this type of attention. So when I started seeing folks beyond just like a few white people that I know that either have close relationships with black people, they just it just threw me off. So then when Tuesday came around and everybody started pausing, I was just like, 
was there like a like a mass email or something that was sent out secretly that was like, hey, we're all going to get behind this cause at this moment. I noticed a few brands trying to kind of hit two birds with one stone by making it like Black Lives Matter and Pride at the same time. (laughs) That was extremely lazy. But yesterday, we got so much attention. We have so many new white followers. And... It's just weird to me because it's like, on one hand, yes, like we posted the how to support black wedding vendors, but that's not outside of our brand. That's part of the whole core of this podcast is to highlight, showcase black vendors, black brides, black couples, period. So when I looked at first and I posted and I saw, you know, like few people were sharing it on their page and few people were doing the, um, like filling out their, uh, black vendors that they love and stuff like that, which again, that's what we do every episode. It was okay. I went back a few hours later and just seeing like, Oh, a whole bunch of random white vendors have like found that and they shared it. That was just weird because <laughs> granted, like I know part of like why that was written was for them to see and to do something with it to be actionable but it was still weird because i kind of guess i expected that to just fall on deaf ears or maybe just you know black vendors to circulate it amongst themselves um and that was the opposite so and also you know we posted about like um because we called out Wedding Wire, we called out a few of these other brands that are notoriously known for not showing black vendors, black couples, etc. And then Wedding Wire came back with their very like canned statement that they told their social media person, say this, tell them, you know, we we're working on it together at weddingwire.com. You can email, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It took them a while to finally respond, but it's like, yeah, we have a diverse committee. Show me because I've gone on your website before and I haven't seen any brown people, black people. I don't even really be saying brown people. I haven't seen any black people. (laughs) Um, So I don't know where y'all dug up (laughs) these fictional, uh, (laughs) these, uh, what they all get ready to be promoted now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. my gosh. Oh, POC. Um, I had to uh, research what BIPOC was. What I does that mean? Black, indigenous, and people of color. Be- and that's another oh. thing that like, gets on my nerves with this. Okay, so we are Not very indigenous. intentional. Indigenous, right. What? So we've never been, the like, for the podcast, we've no. never said we were for people of color because I hate that lump sum statement. Mm-hmm. Because we go through different stuff, and some of y'all don't be rocking with us like that anyway. So I'm not trying to share this moment, which a lot of them are capitalizing off this right now. Any other time, you was not supporting us. But because this moment is on race and people of color, because folks are too scared to just say black, um, you know, you got random Asian, Hispanic, blah, 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 vendors that are also kind of getting two seconds of shine. But anyway... I think it's become more of a trend. And so I feel like everyone is like, okay, well, since she posted this, let me go ahead and post this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone is getting like their whole crew together and like, hey, let's all, you know. It felt comfortable. Yeah. Because like you were saying about putting up your fist, you put your fist up, but kind of like, okay, (laughs) the person, they also got their (laughs) fist up. It was the same. They put up their black box. And I think it wasn't until I saw enough people saying, 
you can't just put up your black box and go. Mm-hmm. It has to like you have to use this moment to support and uplift black people, black businesses, blah 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 blah. Can I say I want to commend you guys because in general I feel like y'all have been very vocal and even getting real spicy about like being honest with how everybody's viewing what the other vendors are doing. And I feel like it's allowing other people to feel the same way. And I watched a panel kind of similar to this earlier today. And black vendors were saying the same thing you were saying, where they're like, well, you only ask us to speak when it's about diversity. Like if I'm a florist who's black, you don't ask me to speak about flowers. You only ask me to come when you need me to talk about being black. Right. And I think it is important for us to own whatever this moment is for black vendors and black brides. When I was starting Coco Bride, I really had a moment where I was like, oh, brides of color, because, and then I was like, no, 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 black brides don't have a space. I'm going to a South Asian bridal show, and it was so specifically South Asian brides, and they were unapologetically like, this is what we do, and this is who we cater to, so I feel like we can still own that, and I feel like you guys being vocal and calling out brands that I'm seeing them respond or, hey, we see your thoughts and we're going to work, at least having to have accountability for it, I feel like is commendable. And I hope we hold people to them saying that they're going to change it. I agree. I completely agree. I'm good for shaking the table. I I want folks to know, and especially now, (laughs) like this has given us the license more to be like, all right, so what are you going to do? Like, here's a moment. All right, two days from now. All right, so what did you do in the three days where I didn't ask you what you were doing? I'll give you some time, but what are you going to do? Because some of this stuff doesn't require time. The fact that y'all don't have uh, Black preferred vendors. You live in Atlanta. You live in Dallas. You live in Chicago. You live in Baltimore. There are Black people around you. There are Black people in the wedding industry. Why would you not have a Black vendor? And don't pull out. Don't have two lists. Don't have two preferred vendor lists. Don't, depending on, (laughs) depending on who comes in, who, you know, fills out your contact form, like. Or have a Black History Month list. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or the Black History Month post. Or that one photo shoot where it's all black. Like, don't, it it needs to be, we're wedding vendors. It's not just that you are like, oh, put all the Black people together. Put all, like, no, we're all wedding vendors. Mix Mm -hmm. it together. Yeah, mix it together. Mm -hmm. Have a, that is. That is something I'm working on, um, and I'm going to share it. I don't know if you guys are in the wedding groups on Facebook, but that's something I'm working on actually today. I'm writing a letter, and I want to get feedback from other wedding vendors um, because I, too, have asked venues. I would go into venues when I moved. It was, I was new to the area where I live in Atlanta. I live in the suburbs, so a very country club, you know, very country club and hotel I remember, I'm a member of the CVB in my area has a wedding alliance and it's a free group. We go and we do the meetings and I would go and I'd meet everyone. I say, Hey, how can I get on your preferred vendor list? Oh, you know, these are vendors that we worked with for years. So, okay. So, okay. So then that was the first round of excuses. So then I've had weddings at some of these country clubs and venues. And then I say, okay, so I've worked here. So now what? Oh, well, um, you know, since we work with them for so long, we just like to stick to, you know, what we've had worked with. So, but the clients are more than welcome to bring in their own vendors. We don't have a problem with them bringing their own vendors, but there may be outside vendor fee because, you know, we can only have three per category and we already have our three. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Totally to the client. 
Now, there are some clients who are ride or die. I don't care. Here's the fee. Boom. I don't think clients should have to pay to have a black vendor. That has right. to be illegal. At some, that has to be illegal somewhere. I don't know. But my letter is going to go out and I think vendors can change. Like I'm probably going to put like X, like boxes where you can put your business name and say, I have been a wedding vendor for X amount of years. I mean, you shouldn't even have to put all that, but sometimes they want to say, I've been, I have mm-hmm. X amount of Google reviews. I'm licensed and insured in the state of whatever. And I would like to be added in this category on your vendor list based on the fact that I've done X amount of weddings here or even if I haven't done a wedding here before, it doesn't matter. I've been doing this for this amount of years. I have great reviews. I have zero complaints on the Better Business Bureau website, whatever it is. I've been featured in several publications. I think that's more than enough credibility for me to be able to be added to your vendor list or at least have the conversation. Can I come in and have a meeting with you? You can see my portfolio via my Instagram. That's the new portfolio because I've had that asked to me before. Where's your portfolio? What portfolio? Who has a for- in 2020? What are you looking for? Like what? What? What are you? What? No, I have an Instagram page. That's that's pretty much what what it is, and a website. That's kind of what that's the extent of portfolios. But they they will ask you that. So if you do have to go print out a photo book on Shutterfly, you know, we'll have whatever. Just at least to start the conversation. Can I be added to this category? And maybe we have to have our own list as black vendors. I have a black vendor list. Mm-hmm. Ashley got my black vendor list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley was actually one of my first clients who asked for, um, who was specific about very intentional for wanting black vendors. So I have a black vendor list, planners, photographers, DJs. If you want a black vendor, I'm actually a different type of person. I kind of know a person for everything you want to know. Like if you want a vendor for anything, I pretty much know somebody who does it. I don't know. I'm really like, I get off on knowing somebody who does something. So I'd like seek out people who do like unique type of shit but that's just kind of my my thing but like if i don't i would find the planner like hey do you know somebody who like writes on like orange slices because i know calligraphers <laughs> but some people don't write on orange slices like do you know somebody who right. write on, you know like so um i have vendors for that so i have a black vendor list so like the cool call the blacklist if we need to have our own blacklist and give that to the vendor venue so they can't pull that shit where we we don't have a vendor and then try to make it as local to the venue area as possible because they try to pull that as well. We like to work with local, like have something ready for them so they can't pull anything extra. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Atlanta, like, oh, you go to a Gwinnett County venue, find vendors in Gwinnett County for them. I'm part of the Gwinnett Wedding Professional Group as well. Don't play with me. I have vendors in Gwinnett County as well. Here you go. And they're black all the way. Here we go. Not P-O-C-B-L-M-N-O-P. Here we go. <laughs> I got it, right? Women, what do you need? I have them, you know? Give you a blank vendor that's not just a DJ. We, we, we've evolved outside the DJ category. Yes. We have a bridal shop. There's black bridal shops. Um, you, you had Post One, Lane London. I mean, there's... Right, oh, I love Lane London. I didn't even know that existed until you posted it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. come on. Do you know who followed me today, Candice? Who? And shouted me out? Who? Lazaro. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they find me, praise the Lord. I said, but I didn't let I didn't leave that there. I I tried to start the conversation. I was like, okay, well, since <laughs> let me get in this DM right and try to see yeah. about starting a partner relationship. You know, whatever style shoots, whatever way I can start the conversation of how we can work together. Lazaro found me, little old me in little town. You know, but I got to get on these lists. We got to figure out how to get on these lists because that's the first step. That's an another step of inclusion and diversity. So vendor network and directory for me is 
a huge passion on the Cocoa Bride side because as a bride, so I got married last September mm-hmm. and I was really like, everybody, I'm in Atlanta. There's no reason every vendor I have cannot be black. There's a black person who does everything in Atlanta. As a bride trying to find vendors, I was so frustrated and I'm in the industry. So I knew, I knew more people than your average bride. And I still was like, why would I go to these major, I'm sure we all know the one or two major platforms where you go to look for vendors. Is it like I have to dig through page seven for a photographer that I know is maybe like one of the biggest black photographers in Atlanta, but I can't find them on any list. I'm looking through hashtag on Instagram to find people. They're not listed anywhere central. And when you do Google like black wedding vendors, it takes you to like forums or blogs where other people are looking for the vendors. I'm like, why is there no central place or why is it so hard to find them? If they're even listed, they're buried or it's outdated information or it's just frustrating. So you got to pay vendor network and trying to make it easier for brides like myself or Ashley who were like, no, I want a black cake decorator. Like to find is something I definitely think is needed sooner than later. We got to pay for it. That's just the simple way you got to pay to get on the knot, the wire, Mm -hmm. the black wedding publications. You all have to pay. And it's not a little bit of money. It's a lot of money. They want money every month. Mm -hmm. And I get it because they have to pay for the website maintenance. You want the web, the publications have to look good. And as a small business, I know most of the publication editors and teams, I mean, they live like, they live good. I want to live like that too, but I have four. So (laughs) I got to work a different kind of route. So I work with people like Tiffany. I work directly with planners. I go a different way. And so I work with planners straight to with planners and let them do the referrals. And it may take me a little longer to get my name out there, but I think, for the most part, a lot of planners around here, they know who I am just based on me reaching out to them directly because I feel like if a client can hire a planner, then they can afford my flowers. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of the way I've, I've been working, doing a workaround. And then I, I have done some bridal shows, but that also was, comes with money, you know? Mm-hmm. But bridal I mean, you have to pay. getting a little weird now anyway. They, they're doing virtual bridal shows. I don't know if anybody heard that's a new thing. How am I going to experience something? Make it $400 for the table. For the, the virtual table. table. Nah, that don't make sense. <laughs> so it's a Zoom. The one I did was um, free to participate in. I don't know if it's going to be a thing. I know that when it first started, it was kind of a way to pivot during the shutdown and all that kind of things. And how can we still interact with brides? I don't know if it is transferable to digital the way people are currently. I don't know if it's a Zoom kind of thing that's going to make it work gotcha mm-hmm. yeah are you experiencing the same thing tiffany in reference to the black list or mm-hmm. so the the strange thing is is that my clientele for probably the last eight or nine years so every season i have at least 75 percent of my clients are white couples so for you know, if I have black couples, then if, and some I've only had in the last couple of years where I've had brides like I want a whole black team. I want black vendors for everything. You know, which isn't hard. However, for a number of years in Maryland or in Baltimore, DMV, I had a hard time having a black florist. So that used to always, you know, be a thing for me. Or you know, certain venues that we'd be at. Uh, maybe hotels, maybe just different venues, you know, they either had a 
you know, preferred catering list for whichever reasons they had, or you're not allowed to bring in, you know, caterers at different places. So those two things probably have always been a challenge to me. If somebody wanted a black caterer or somebody wanted a black florist, that became a task. Um, and then when I started to meet, you know, black florists, I think I probably have about three that I can just, you know, fiddle off a text to or something like that. I was like, oh my God, you're a black florist. I'm like so excited, you know, because it was, you know, those, I mean, those were far and few in between really, especially in here. I don't know about Atlanta or, you know, the black floral, floral designers are abundantly, but they were just not, you know, it wasn't a thing here. That was always really hard to find. So I just have, you know, if someone happens to say, I want a whole black team, then I can, you know, do what Candace said and just put a team together. But I really have not separated and had a black list and then you know, a regular preferred list. And then as far as us, you know, being on preferred lists, you know, I think I have to have a call next week um, on a panel for almost the same thing, but in my local area. And, you know, the industry has just been operating how the industry has been operating. And how they have been operating is there has been a dominant of white wedding professionals, period. You know, um, of course, Preston Bailey probably b broke the glass ceiling when he became, you know, the amazing floral designer and he was black. But the wedding industry has just been doing what they have been, you know, what they've been doing from the start. I think this is probably going to change a lot of things. You know, at the moment, we don't have a wedding season right now. Like, we don't have a 2020 wedding season. <laughs> so... I think come 2021, when we're walking in venues and when we are talking to different vendors, I think there will be a different approach. I think we're going to look at things differently. So when we're looking at your preferred professionals, we're going to be like, excuse me, I don't see any black professionals on here. You don't have a diverse group of vendors for your organization or for this. So I think that's now what's getting ready to happen. But up until this the wedding industry has just been moving how the wedding industry has been moving and it hasn't been brought to the forefront. Now, I think it's now brought to the forefront where some things are going to have to change because we, as a wedding industry, we're going to pay more attention. We're going to be more vocal. You know, I have been the first black person to do a whole bunch of things in my industry here. And every time I'm like, I'm like, it's huge for me only because I'm black. They don't publish black people. So it's huge for me, you know? So now I think going to 2021, it's like you'll see more publications, you know, probably featuring black vendors because now the world is looking, the industry is looking, you know? So I just, I, but I don't want it to be separated where there's a black list and then there's a this list, you know? I want it to be like, we all need to be on one list. If you have four caterers preferred, then two of them should be white. Or and two of them be black, or one white, one Indian. One, I don't care. Like a diverse, and it shouldn't just be. Oh, we're gonna throw this black vendor on here just so we can have it. That's what we don't want. So we want, you know, the platform and the change to come, but we want to come in a thoughtful way, just not like we're just throwing it in here just so y'all are not looking at everything with a microscope. What I was meaning by the blacklist, I was just saying if they say that they don't know any vendors for the category, we have our blacklist so we can handle, you know we can have it handy, not right. 
I have my blacklist for my clients who want black men. <laughs> that list is in the that is in the chamber because I just want to have it handy. Because I think Ashley, you may have been the first person to ask me that, you know, or just had said mm-hmm. reference that you're having a more, you know, black. And I think you probably would have chose a black owned venue had there have been a black owned venue that was large enough to handle the capacity for the um your guest count as mm-hmm. well as the style of wedding you wanted but there's not there's none of that in the city of atlanta which is like, strange because atlanta is uh, probably one of the largest african-american right. communities in the south outside of houston you know well now um, there's what technically i can think of two that can hold at least a hundred or 150 i think the one was one, just created one, last one year black there's one black owned venue that can hold a large amount, but not the style that you're looking for. The That's TW what I was thinking. Yeah, That's T- what I was thinking. T- her yeah, and uh, the loft at Castleberry. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But like, I was also looking at floor plan and stuff too. And some folks, like Castleberry loft, I didn't like the floor plan. Like, it would have mm-hmm. worked for somebody else. It, just not me. Just not me. There were certain things I wanted. I, I didn't want to be Somebody going else. to, I didn't want to go to the same um, restroom as my guests. Like I don't want to be my bridesmaids in the, in there, like, you know, trying to f- get ready before. And then the guests coming in to pe- like, I, I didn't want to no. do all that. I've seen weddings like that. I didn't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that we don't have a, a lot of venues either. Or I am. And I'm not, let's be real. Um, what has the attention looked like for all of you? Like, has your audience grown? Mm-hmm. My, I see, my audience has grown tremendously. I just told my friend, one of my friends messaged me like yesterday morning, like early in the morning. She's like, girl, your page is growing. I said, yes, I've gained about two to 300 followers in two days, wow. which is like amazing. I hope they don't run away. <laughs> like I hope it stays and, <laughs> Because I, it's been because people are, are looking for black support, black owned businesses. And I'm in a bunch of mommy groups in like small towns around here. So then in the mommy groups, they're asking for black owned business. And I try to make a point like on Facebook, if someone asks for a business referral or whatever, I try to put, I tag my Instagram page and my Facebook because some people are Facebook people, some people are Instagram. And then I click to my website. So I give those who like certain networks the opportunity to click on what they want. So mm-hmm. I think that helped, but um, people have been tagging. And what I do is when they say support a black business, Instagram only lets you tag 10 people at, at most for each comment. So I'll mm-hmm. tag 10 people and then those people will re-tag me. You know, like the more people see your name, the more they'll click on you. So um, outside of me exercising my IG fingers, because I don't use Twitter, my IG fingers and comment, that has helped bring traffic. But I've seen an influx of followers like a lot of followers and more so white followers mm-hmm. than anything. Um, hope and, and brands that I never thought would have followed me that have never even looked my direction. Um, right. I mean, it's good. It's good. I think. Yeah. We got a follow from Betches Brides, which I didn't even know that existed. Um, I think it's a podcast based off like, so I guess there's a, like a, like a refinery 29 or you know like an online publication for i guess it's kind of like these cheeky white women you know that kind of feel like uh they're a little a little a little snappier than i guess your standard white girl so they call themselves a bitch instead of a bitch how you say it 
Bitch. Bitch, because it's an E instead of an I. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, how do you spell it? Yeah. yeah. Betches. And so I guess Betches Brides is an is a podcast, but like Betches.com is like the website. So they started following us. They shared the post yesterday. Um, they did something today, support black wedding vendors. And, you know, they put like four wedding vendors per topic, which... <laughs> In the entire world, y'all. <laughs> four planners, four makeup artists, four DJs. <laughs> and, you know, tag us below, you know, tag your favorite. But I, I, I can't stand that. To me, that's the laziest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's the laziest it's little. It's like, why we have to do your work for that's you? It, that's it. It's I heard like, it. Why betches. Oh, betches. Betches. It's a lot of betches. It's yes. A a hundred oh. plus K. Yeah. I had never heard of them, which is crazy, but Ooh, yeah. Down. So they're trying to do the work, um, trademark and, you know, push out black vendors and stuff like that. One thing I'm noticing with, um, some of these like publications, brands, whatever they're doing this, they are all, not all of them, but I'm noticing the trend where, the ones that they're tagging already have tens of thousands of followers. So it's like, okay, I, I want to name drop, but I also, I'm not doing this in shade, but does Ellie B need more followers? Like <laughs> Ellie B has been on real housewives of Atlanta for how many seasons she did Eva's wedding. She got her name in the credits. Like I'm sure she got a, like some sort of check for being on that so show. That's why, that's why they would tag her because she had, that's the only one they know is the big one. Like they tag well, they Gertie. Can benefit from Gertie, her. Gertie is huge. Gertie not going to repost it. And, I, you know? it. and I've never heard of her <laughs> until I saw yeah. multiple it's pages like, posting her. Yeah. Um, so, she's but, actually so one of the top. Is, she's like top. So, but, so, but really, how are they going to find a planner that only has 500 followers and that are small. No, I get so that. It, so it also goes to, you know, find. I'm surprised you know, they tag Enraptured though. Enraptured is not big. I think those vendor lists, those vendor posts are how they're finding some because yes. Pokeride, which is really just started and doesn't even launch till the end of this year, I had several really big platforms <laughs> follow me yesterday to the point that I actually screenshot it and sent it to my friends like, uh, I don't know where they found me or what. I mean, which is good for me because I am, I only have a couple hundred followers right now. Um, right. So it's, I guess I think that's where I do like that they're at least actually clicking on these posts and apparently clicking on the people who are being tagged. Right. Um, but don't. yeah, it is yeah. kind of redundant when you only tag like, the people who have seemingly an audience you can probably benefit from. Because if they have 200,000, you're probably going to gain something from posting them too. And they reposting oh, I see what you're saying. them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I see what you're saying. It's very calculated. It's not mm-hmm. because they really care about get, doing things with that company. Okay. Right. Okay. And that's my okay. thing. Like, I understand that, you know, there in every industry, there are going to be big names and there are going to be middle-sized names and there's going to be small names. <laughs> and we're all in different stages. But... Let's try to, you know, if we're if we're doing the work <laughs> at this moment, let's take it a step further because your average bride might not have an LED budget. 
or, you know, or might not aspire for that. One thing I really don't want to see come through this is, well, there are two things. Black brides being put in these style shoots or models being put in these style shoots that don't even look like what black weddings look like. But then also... Well, hmm. wait. What do black weddings look like? And that's what I was, I was about say. to say. They don't, they what, don't look like... No, they don't be looking like what... You know what they don't look like. The traditional <laughs> black wedding, there's three types of black brides. <laughs> and what are those three? <laughs> the number one, the ones who like the hydrangea rose specials. They don't like greenery, period. They like nice and simple. The number two are the ones like Ashley who are more not necessarily boho. They like greenery. They like modern day or Pinterest bride. They like what they see. They like insulation. Then you have your number three, your Lux bride. They like your glam, glam bling. Tapered Wonders, they like, they want to be an Eliana. Now, you will have some that are a little bit outside of that. What you will find come 20, fall 2020, 2021, <laughs> they will put an Afro bride, a bride with cornrows. Black girls ain't wearing no cornrows on their wedding day. They're not going to wear no Afro on their wedding day. And they will not be in a greenhouse in a farm, rustic barn place. Pompous grass. Okay, they I'm may have they may have pompous grass. They may have pompous grass, but they're not gonna be having no proteas and all this stuff marrying a racially ambiguous man right standing there with a multicultural bridal party. It's not common. It's in a, not in a burgundy velvet suit. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm gonna say I think those shoes. photo shoots are needed is because my sister got married, I think maybe three years ago now, and she is opposite of me. I am very like Munaluchi glam bar like signature stereotypical like black glam ride. <laughs> she is the opposite, and she was so frustrated because she couldn't find images of black brides in the style of wedding she had. When she typed in like rustic, it was nothing that represented what she wanted because she was like everything looks like fit and flare with a poofy bottom and bar mm-hmm. like. So she felt like there they were making it that there was only one or two black brides and she was having to like take pieces of other photo shoots and try to get other inspiration because all the black photo shoots to her looked the same they all looked like a moon and yeah. black bride very like type a bride mm-hmm. so i do think we need even if it's a little off if they don't always hit the mark i do think we need different images mm-hmm. that's true um, i mean i agree but i just think they go too far that's why i said if they're going to use I put in, I'm in a group called Style Shoots Across America. I do style shoots. Like, that's my thing. I like doing style shoots because I like being a part of, like, publications and stuff like that. I say, I put, if you are going to, please use black models in your um, portfolios for diversity if you want to get black clients. But if you are going to use a black model, please use a black hairstylist and a black makeup artist <laughs> so that you don't have us out here looking crazy because they mm-hmm. do that from time to time. They have a white makeup artist. Not to say white people cannot mm. do black makeup, but black makeup artists do black black faces more often. So they know how to do black skin. They can deal with discoloration. They can deal with the way we like our lashes. Everything on a more consistent basis. And our hair as well. They know how to manage. That's why a lot of the time when they're doing shoots, they like, can you find us a makeup artist who can do someone with? They put a POC, but we know what that means. Um, with our hair, I'm asking them, can they include us? Um, that part, like include us in a model, include us in the hair and makeup, and include us in the creative direction, so that 
you're not sticking a black bride into a situation where the average black bride isn't because you know your market i know i mean we've been doing this if you've been doing weddings for 10 years in your area you know what the average client is asking for and you're like yeah you may get a client out of the blue who wants insulation at their wedding but the average client you kind of know what they're looking for the average client not gonna want no pompous grass because pompous grass gets all over the place and it's it's hard to get and it's expensive and it's it, it, they're not gonna want it it gets in the food it gets everywhere <laughs> that average bride is not going to want no dang pop black girl don't want no pompous grass in her wedding i don't care what nobody says they don't want it i got a black client wedding this saturday she clearly told me no greenery and i'm like please just a little bit can i your budget is going to have to go up did your planner tell you that they don't care the planners will even come to me. My planners, who they like, Linnell, the black client, you know, just no traditional. Please don't come in here with all that greenery you like to use. You don't want it. <laughs> and I'm like, just let her know the budget's gonna have to increase. Cause I mean, so that's why we we're talking about with these shoots. If they're gonna include us, include us in every part of the conversation with the shoot, so that it can be authentic to the scope of black brides. I mean, I don't know. That's just my person. I'm not the no wall for blacks, but I just know when it comes to the shoot part of it, because I do them so often and I see, I look, I, I, I won a cover contest for a magazine. One of my shoes was featured in Martha Stewart Weddings. I didn't even know until my photographer told me Martha Stewart Weddings picked our shoot because they really liked what we did. And I used a black model and groom. They were a real couple. They had big curly hair. I actually just posted the other day. They had real big curly hair. I loved it because I saw them and the groom had big curly hair and I stuck them on a country club golf course. I remember Ashley was like, I love yes. golf course. I took a black couple. They're from the east. Um, stop, well, I think they're from the west side of Atlanta. I took them and I put them in a tux and I stuck them on a golf course. I was like, you're not going to see that. You're not going to see a black dude with a lot of hair. You're definitely not going to see him with big curly hair and you're not going stick, to stick them on a golf course. But I'm going to do it just to be different. And what happens, you make it into Martha Stewart because that's what they like to do. But I didn't take them too far out the element to where it was too much. Mm-hmm. I didn't stick them on top of a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't stick them on top of a camelback or, you know, I didn't stick them in a desert. You know, I didn't do too much. I just did it a little bit different because I wanted, I did, the color was purple. I wanted it to be royal. So I put them in a purple suit jacket, which may have, you know, it may happen, you know, I put them on a purple suit jacket and I used um, carnations in a unique way. So that was the, that was the spin that they put. I used it in her hair and a floral crown I put it in her hair and it got it featured in Martin Sue Stewart wedding. So I took something, I took a black couple and I did it in a unique way, but I didn't go too far. It, I, I mean, I don't know. I just think that if they want to include us, they should include us on all fronts when it comes to the inclusion. Who, Don't just include us by who, saying I, I'm a just slapper Brian Huddle. Huh? Who is they? I'm I'm sorry. The, the the white publications. Like like there's a company, there's a brand that just followed me, Wedlux. Wedlux is a white publication. They have over three hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And right, they, they but, wrote me and they said, We want to feature more black brides on our page. However, we don't get the submissions. We don't get the hashtag. They don't hashtag us. So, so, here, so here's my thing. So we are in control of style shoots. So, mm-hmm. I, so, so my confusion at the beginning of this conversation was that I think Ashley said 
that she wants to see more what in style shoots, Ashley, did you say? I mean, for me, I, I really just... Style shoots too, white people. We're talking white people style shoots. I want, see, style but, I want to see but, the diversity within the style shoots because there's more than one black but they bride. Don't, they don't have to be diverse because That's as vendors... But as vendors, we control our style shoots. You know what I mean? So if Candace, so you don't have to be a specific person to have a style shoot. If Candace wanted to do a style shoot with a specific wedding dress that she thought would be better on a white bride than a black bride, she controls that style shoot and what her target market is for what she's doing, right? Mm-hmm. But, so, and if Laniel wants to do, if she has a, like she was just saying, um, maybe the black brides don't want no greenery. So now she's doing a style shoot all around, all flowers, no greenery, because she knows that her target market is geared more towards that black bride who doesn't want any greenery. So they don't control our market for style shoots. You know what I mean? We control our style shoots. So if if you're saying you want to see, you know, more black style shoots, then that's a black photographer, that's a black planner, a black florist coming together and putting mm. an idea together because they all know their target market. Gotcha. And what they're targeting with that shoot. They don't control what we want our target market to be and who we're trying to get the attention of. As far as the publication, that the publication, that's the whole that's a whole nother beast. And that's I think where I was getting confused because I just assumed all style shoots were a publication, either like basically whether it's the individual vendors came together and did a style shoot. No, I figured all publications would ask, like, oh, okay, send me your that's, best. That's two kinds. There's different kinds. Of, they can put together their own, the publication can, and then vendors can put together their own. And then sometimes right. the, the, the venue would reach out and ask. Like, I've had a venue pay me to bring flowers to put together a shoot for their venue. Right. Mm, and okay. But that's, but that's Benil making the decision as a Black vendor that she's going to participate in a style shoot and whatever the whoever the venue's target market is. So say she did that and the venue has a white cu- a white bride and a white groom. Mm-hmm. Right? But she made the decision to be for her brand to be a part of that shoot. I don't want you to think that because you don't see black style shoots or black style shoots the way that you think that they should be out there, that it's any, that it's anyone's, that anyone is lessening us from bl- putting black style putting shoes out on. there that, that way. When, okay. a, when a creative team comes together, they make the decision of how their style shoot is going to look. Now, if it's an all black team and they decided to have this style shoot to be what you might think 30% of the brides don't want, it's because they were going after a certain target market. One. Two, they were trying to push the envelope on their creativeness and get it out there. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't really have much to do with, oh, we're not putting out enough, um, you know, black, I guess, style shoots or things mm-hmm. like that. It's whoever the creative team is. So like if you have it as a the platform that you have, if there's a style shoot that you want to see, then you pull it together. You go to Lanier. I'm kind of, say, I'm tired of always having to be the front. I, I literally <laughs> am tired of always having to be the one to pull together black people. Like, cause <laughs> but that's, well, that's how, what happened in the group. In the group, like I'm in a group. Heather Binge is a lady. She created this group where they put together the big style shoots, right? With um, Sarah, she was like hundreds, like not hundreds, but a lot of photographers will pay money to get in, right? And they'll pay like 120, 150 dollars, and they're all getting on the shoot. For a long time, they never had a black bride, never black model. And these photographers will always pay. They wouldn't have a black vendor, period, in the building. They'd have hair, makeup, everything. All of a sudden, because people like me and people like some other people in different cities starting to put black models, I was like, oh, now it's cool. I went to workshops, Wedding Pro, Wedding Wire and the Knot put together. They joined forces and they have a thing called Wedding Pro. I went to the conference, sat down, got my notebook and pen and paper. I'm listening to them tell them that 30% of brides are African-American or pair person of color. So your marketing should reflect as such. They're telling them that it's time for you to use your marketing dollars and incorporate that and in, um, incorporate diversity into your marketing. So they're telling them it's now time to get a black model into your marketing. If you want to um, appeal to the masses. So then all of a sudden they just slap a black model in their same shoot that they normally have and just put a black model in there that doesn't represent the not even black it'll be a racially ambiguous like a mixed girl very fair skin but they did check the box and then little old means in the hey guys you want to get an actual black model <laughs> hey guys you want to get one that's not marrying a white man maybe she's actually marrying a black guy hey hey guys or maybe a, a man period um <laughs> hey guys you um you want to actually have a black team um, hey guys, you want anyone else who's doing a style shoot? You want to actually have black people in your shoot? It's like, yes, I understand, Tiffany. I can't. I've been. I've been the change. I put together a shoot with black model, and I don't want to always have to do that. I'm encouraging the other photographers to do it because they want to. Do it because you actually want to. Um, I have white photographers who shoot for me, and they say the reason why I wanted to shoot for you, Anil, because I want. I'm tired of shooting white girls. I want to shoot black love and i say sure you know they say i want to have diversions that i want to get black clients and i really can't get it because i can't show that i can shoot different hues they want to show that they can shoot it and i'm more than willing to show them because you know i want to be i am very inclusive as well and i want to help them build their portfolio so i say sure um but i'm tired of always having to create be the change you know I want them to understand we want to be included that's what I was trying to get the publication to see um wedlock so she she messaged me and she says it's apparently it's a one woman show on wedlock they have 300,000 followers and I thought that it was like a team I said do you have a team she said no it's just me I'm the person but she's she's throwing it back on black vendors she says well black vendors are not submitting images and um weddings to us so now She's throwing the ball back in our court. So, why can't she go out and seek so them out? That's the way I told her. I said, well, you need to start following Black planners. 
Yeah. So I told her, I said, you need to start following the luxury black planners because they'll post their weddings on their Instagram pages. So I think that's why all the planners now will see an influx of people following them who never followed them before because they try to pretend like they didn't know how it goes. So she was mm. saying you need to use the Ruffled blog. If you follow Ruffled blog, Ruffled blog today puts, they're asking for BIPOC to use the hashtag Ruffled blog under your pictures because they said that's how they look up content for mm. their pages. And that's why I said I didn't know what BIPOC meant. I wanted to put, are you saying black? But they, they're, they are throwing the ball back in everybody else's court. They're, they're shifting blame and saying because we didn't use the hashtag. So then I went back under my page and found any bride that was black and I just put ruffle blah, ruffle blah, ruffle blah. Because I was like, you know what? Okay. I never used that hashtag before. I didn't think I had to do that. I would just put hashtag bride or hashtag black bride or, you know, whatever. Right. So I'm going to now go back to the top white brands and see what hashtag they want me to use use that hashtag so at least and then i'm going back now even though they're old shoots i'm asking my photographers to submit to those brands because if they're saying that we're not doing our part as far as submitting to them i'm going to go ahead and submit to them moving forward so that at least i say i did that i've talked to some photographers and they said they've done it but i said let's submit don't forget martha stewart you know forget the you know ones like green green wedding shoes and all those submit to wedlugs ruffle wedding whatever and see if we can make a change that way because they're, they're complaining saying that we haven't submitted to them and that's why they don't have it wedlock said she only had like eight submissions last year for their magazine whereas she would get a lot of other submissions from white weddings and stuff like that so yeah. i do think for a little <laughs> while we will have to like maybe get comfortable taking the lead because i know for a lot of them i've seen like they really don't know or that they, they don't even know where to start Mm-hmm. And even like, so normally when I do style shoots, I've either been on the side where I've, I've always been on the side of the dress. So I've done it where um, I have to do for the catalog and I have to choose the model. And then that's when I'm like, this is why we have to be in the industry. Cause when I'm choosing the models, I'm like, okay, I can purposely make sure I choose not just a black model, but a black model with natural hair. And I'm, I can tell her, Hey, do a twist out. That's how I want you to come to the shoot. But it's because we have to be in those places or, I've done a shoot, like Tiffany was saying, where it really is a team that creates the shoot, where I've done a shoot with the same dress. One was very traditional, barn, rustic, blonde, blue-eyed, and one, the exact same dress was like, whole team black, 26-inch bundles, like, just complete glam, but it was really how the team took it, and they both got published with totally different publications, but the team made an effort to be very specific in how they wanted their shoot to come across. So I think we will have to, like you said, be purposeful and be like, no, we do have to submit. Eventually, hopefully they'll seek us out. But I think a lot of them don't even know some of the terms we would use and some of the trends that we are doing right now. So I think we do have to be comfortable like educating them, even though we're like, y'all should kind of know, like y'all should be learning this yourself. But I do think we have to kind of be comfortable educating them because it's, they're not going to be right either way. It's like when you don't seek us out, you're wrong. But then when you do seek us out, we're like a little standoffish. So I don't, I think we have to kind of find a happy middle ground. Yeah. In all the, well, to a certain point, because then I just got overwhelmed and it was too much. But everyone I noticed that was like resharing our posts that weren't black. I was reaching back out to say like, hey, thank you. Um, we are also here to be a resource, a voice, 
um, you know, taking it one step because I don't want you to think that we're the angry black women that have this wedding podcast and we just rant about, you know, like there's not enough representation. Like we're, we're not doing that. Um, but at the same time, since you open the door, I mean, we'll do it a little bit, but <laughs> I mean, like we, I, I want people to recognize that like, Hey, we are a voice like we're, we can, we're podcasters, but also I am a bride. Tania is a maid of honor. Like we are what real people kind of look like in the space. So, um, and a lot of this is new for everyone. If we really want to make real change, it does require everybody. So I'm not going to be, ah, you got to educate yourself first, blah, 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 blah. Because I've seen that before. And sometimes these folks just really don't know, like you're saying. Um, they don't know where to start. They don't even know where to finish. So, but for me, I do, I think more than anything, like our position is letting people know we are a voice. We are, we can be a resource, but... I'm going to continue to hold you accountable if you said this is something you're doing. So if you've already made it seem like, you know, we want to start including more black vendors. We want to start including more black brides. All right. I want to hold you to that. I'm going to follow back up later. I want to see what that looks like. Um, I think sometimes from the publication side of things, because I've written for some publications in the past, and looking at like, because uh, Lanil was talking about um, Isle Planner, I think maybe if it wasn't okay, um, but like Isle Planner, which we know, and I think she actually just got laid off at the beginning of COVID. But there was a black writer for Isle Planner. But if you go to Isle Planner, you don't really see no black people at all, like in their little blog posts, in their little like their style shoots, all of that stuff is extremely white. My planner uses aisle planner. I, there are other black planners that use aisle planner. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great tool, but like, so I want to see more representation there as well. I want to see black writers writing about weddings. I want to see more bright or more of these, um, girls that are like writing for brides.com and the knot and Martha Stewart and all of them. I want to see them using quotes, from black people like whether it's black vendors black brides whatever because when they have these hey um so what's the weirdest uh piece of advice you got um leading up to your wedding or uh tell us about like a really awesome thing that happened on your honeymoon that you didn't expect like black people go on honeymoons black people have weird advice black people got aunties that stand in the aisle and uncles that stand in the aisle with their ipads like you can ask us as well like you can so that's part of kind of like who i do stance and angle of like that's what change will look like for us like more representation there as well because we can have all the um i i think it's just the overall like it's a collective thing it's not a one thing or another there's so many things that can be done and there's so many steps that have to be taken and i think honestly people are more open to it and realizing that okay i've been complicit in this all right so now what what do i do do we are we supposed to think that okay so if the brand is following you do you think they're following you because they're ashamed that they weren't following black companies before? Or are they like, oh, 
like, oh, this is great. We were looking for someone like you. Or do you think it's just a mix of both? Both. Is that guilt? You think it's out of guilt? I think there's a lot of white guilt that's um, <laughs> contributing to the yeah. fault. And as I a mean, vendor, should we be appreciative or should we like, you know how somebody like, you know how you, somebody give you something and you got to add it to your mind, like you need to be thankful. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're like, okay, well, thank you. You know? So I, I think, think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. I think, of course, you're going to have some that are probably are just like, well, let me just follow a couple people. But I think for people who do want to learn, I think it's like I have to follow y'all to be able to see what you're doing. Even okay. I'm black and on Cocoa Broad, I'm always trying to follow more black vendors so I can constantly be getting pictures and content and seeing what new designers are doing. So I'm to me, if I am if I'm a white person who works in a bridal company and I don't know a lot of black people, Instagram might really be one of the few ways that I can see what you're doing or get your pictures. I'll be a little bit so I've done social media for um, a couple stores now, and currently, I'm like, actually, you know, currently the store that I'm doing social media for, it is a really big problem where we do not get submissions from Black Brides. Mm. For whatever reason, I, every time we get a bride who's Black, I'm like, hey, girl, make sure you tag us in your pictures, because I'm literally, like, reposting the same girl who sent pictures in. So if I'm a company, I would be, like, clicking on every page right now, because you're going to show me what black brides are doing for flowers so that I can post it in my publication. I think that's the only way they can really learn because there's not like a central place to just find out what we're doing if you're not in touch with black people. You will be getting my photos. (laughs) You will be getting my photos. Have y'all dealt with racism? You know, I feel like when people kind of ask that they're (laughs) <laughs> they expect this like really overt time where it's like I walked into this store like I was trying on a dress or a, you know and she called me a nigger or something it's like <laughs> no <laughs> all right when was mm-hmm. the last time realistically you were actually called that versus like you know mm-hmm. somebody like seeing that you were coming behind them and made sure the door like closed or whatever not holding that door open like to me that's a that could be racism or just being rude but you know sometimes that's my first thought um but have y'all had like with any of the vendors or like clients or i mean whether it's like parents not even necessarily like the client themselves but like oh their mom is like from north carolina or grandma is like 78 and rude so um y'all have like stories I had that. Um, I was helping a coordinator for a wedding and it was the bride and groom's grandmother, all white. And um, she whispered in my ear, but she wasn't whispering. She spoke in my ear, but the people around could hear her. She was like, you're just such a nice black girl. And I was like, oh, no, not you. <laughs> and and her, the granddaughter was, she was like, oh, grandma, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, and she just confused. She didn't. She meant well because I was being nice to her, but I was just nice to her because she was the older lady, and I was just trying to help her get in and out of the um, venue. Because that's just kind of how I am with elderly guests. I you know want to make sure they're okay. She said, "You're just such a nice black girl," and her granddaughter and the son. And so they were just like, "Oh my god!" Like, "What are you gonna do?" And I'm like, "I'm not gonna go angry black girl, y'all. I'm fine." <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, grandma." <laughs> and they came, they came very apologetic 
there was because I was I was the only black I've been the only black person in the room at these weddings. Like usually, if you're the planner coordinator and you're for white weddings, most ninety percent of the time they don't have black friends. For some reasons, a lot of sometimes they don't have black friends. So you'll be I've been the only black person in the room when I used to be just the planner. You know, the planner, and it's okay. I don't care. I don't mind. But that was the first time blatantly that she said, and it wasn't outwardly racist, but to me, it was, it was racist, but it was just, she didn't call me nigger or anything, you know what I'm saying? But it was weird. It was just very Southern and weird and uncomfortable. And I was just like, come on, you know, like, yeah. come on, Nana, you know, like, like, damn, Nana, you just ruined this whole little moment right here. And now I'm ready to go. I was just ready to damn go. And I'm not from the South. I'm from New York. I've never grew up around white people outside of a few teachers. And if they were, they were Jewish. Um, my family's Caribbean. They're not Black American. So there really wasn't racism to be dealt with in my part of Brooklyn. It was just Caribbean people. If it was racism, it's probably us hating on Jamaicans. I mean, that's kind of, it's like an internal, like it's Jamaicans or maybe like sometimes the island, it's like internal island things. Haitian it's just like a little thing but like my friend's mom was Jamaican so it was cool but like it's like but when I came to the south it was like blatantly like black and white it was very black and white the black people live in black people areas and the white people live in white people areas of town and that's mm -hmm. just kind of how it is and so I didn't even know about my side of town until I moved to my like when I moved to Atlanta we lived in Decatur and that was just black like the deck straight black <laughs> and so I didn't know anything about you know racism so that was just it just growing in this industry now that you when tiffany said the wedding industry has always been what the wedding industry is that's how i, I when she explained it like that i was like you know what you're right like in black events or you knew that as a planner you'll be the only black person in the room you and the dj make cool and or you might get a black photographer make cool or you know who would be, who would be black at a lot of the venues the the chef so you go back there with the chef and the chef always made sure I had a plate. It was always be cool. You know, like you figure out who to be cool with at the at the event, you know. And that was it for years. So but as far as racism I haven't dealt with outside of that one event. After that, I think when I transition to the floors, I get to leave, you know, I don't have to stay anymore. So I don't have to deal I didn't have to deal with the nonsense, but um no, I haven't dealt with any racism after transitioning from planner. To the floor I'm interested to hear um, hear about Tiffany just because most of her clients are pretty much white. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know she has some stories. Right. Well, Candace can go first because um, I know she was. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, I absolutely have um, multiple times in different areas from I've been called out my name. Um, yes, girl. Um, I've definitely more than once had where I can just tell that. Mima and Papa are just shocked that I can possibly articulate myself and relate to their, you know, their family and find a dress or whatever it may be. Even then on the opposite side from here where I'm choosing models or maybe I'm doing something with styling and it's, you know, making sure, tiptoeing around, but making sure that I choose a certain model or a certain mm. look or would this model really be marrying that guy or that kind of thing. So I have absolutely, in from different ranges, like I said, from being called out of my name to very subtle microaggressions where I know you're telling me don't hire her because she is natural. Uh. So 100, and I've, I've only been doing this five years 
max compared to you guys and i've already seen all that on all the time so definitely um poor poor candace i'm sorry <laughs> i'm still here and hey, the call out of my name was more than oh, one I mean, it was very aggressive I mean, listen, truth that I'm at is that's that's what it is, is that we're still here, you know, and I really think to speak to the racism in the industry as far as clientele is concerned is depends on what area you're in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're further down south, you know, or if you're in the complete suburbs or, you know, wherever, I think it depends on what area you're in, because truth of the matter is. You know, racism, you know, we never know someone's background. You know what I mean? Um, we're going in as professionals and we're going into service. We don't get to be the judgmental uh, business entrepreneur to be like, oh, you're white. I'm not taking you. Be you know, so it all depends on their background. And then they have a decision. Oh, we're black. They're not hiring you. You know, um, I have not been called out of my name ever. That's good. However, I have gotten the looks. I have gotten the stares. I have gotten the condescending tone from other vendors, you know, or things like that. But I think we as Black women are in a higher position always because we know how to handle and we know how to manage and we know how to address. So that's the benefit that I think that we have. We're going to get it, yes, because racism exists. Mm -hmm. We're going to get it. However, it's how we handle it and how we turn the situation to make it work for us. And then if we're unable to do that because everyone is not assertive, everyone does not have that tone, et cetera, and you can't do that, then you can't service these people because as entrepreneurs, that's what we're doing. We're providing a service. So if we're unable to deal with Sally and Bob and their condescending tone or them thinking that you don't know what you're talking about because you're black, then we can't service them, you know, but we also don't just get to take whatever they give us either. So that's what I mean where like as black women, you know, we are always in the position where we can manage and we can handle and we can read. Mm -hmm. I have to tell this story because I have to do this again, probably next week. But I, um, for years, so let's see, probably for at least three years in my business, I, my photo was nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, and this, I think in the last probably six, to eight months is about the, as normal as I look because I've always had a mohawk. I had a mohawk for years. My hair was red. My hair is blonde. My hair changes all the time, all the time. And I'm black. So um, for years, I did not have my picture on my website. I don't think I used any pictures on my social media. And it was one time that I had to meet some clients in a Starbucks. And this before I added my picture. And I can't tell you what color my hair was because I don't remember. But when they came in Starbucks and saw that I was black, you could have bought them for a penny. <laughs> but they, and I, re, I distinctly remembered the look because I was like, when I got home that evening or probably the next day, I added my picture and an about me to my webpage. One, 
because just because I'm black doesn't mean I can't run my business and provide the services that you're looking for. And two, they, they hired me. So I went home, put my picture, you know, and I think my first professional headshots, my hair was blonde. It was like a white blonde with some, you know what I mean? So it was like, we're just going to throw this picture up here. Um, and, and that moment for me was, you know, I'm black. And I am good at what I do. So, you know, I do experience things. I've been to a venue while I was a planner. At that time, I had a mohawk and my hair was fire engine red. And no black person, no black planner has ever worked at that venue. It was like a golf club. But their, you know, membership exclusivity or whatever, you know. But I had to go in there professional and assertive and not be bothered that I'm going to be the first black planner in here. Hmm. I'm going to be the first black planner in here. But when I leave, you're going to say, hopefully we can work again soon. Or, you know, I'll be able to call you and say, what do I need to do for, for these potential clients? Because I was the black planner that provided the services or knew what she was doing or did not allow you to invade my space with any negativity or, you know, so I think it's just all about how you handle it because that's just what's going to happen. You have to imagine a, a white DJ. If the clients, you know, have a white DJ that they've heard of and that they love, and now this white DJ has to come into a black venue and deal with a whole black team, you know, it's the same thing. We may be condescending to them. Start with you. You don't know how to, how you going to do this wedding. So it's all on both, it's on both ends, but I think we just have, to, you know, now one now we're going to be looking for it more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's always the bad part about when these things happen is that now we're going to be looking and now we're going to hear it more than we did before. Like if we, if we heard it, if a bride and mother to bride was in the store with Candace and she heard like a comment, like, why would she give you that? You know, Candace would automatically put on her customer service hat and she would read them and say, I chose this because this will look better on your body type. Or, you know, if she runs down what she knows, now she's turned the situation. But if mm-hmm. that happens in October with Candace, Candace going to be like, why? Because I'm black, you know? So, <laughs> so, so now it's going to be like we're with our ears. We're going to turn everything to this complete racism and focus more on the fact that we're black. Like it hasn't been done before, you know, but we just handled it differently. So now we're going to be, it's going to have micro ears and micro eyes. You know what I mean? I've been the only black planet in a thousand rooms. And I, and I always attested to it's you know what you know. And if you don't know what you know, I've been in places where I didn't know what I knew, but I had to humble myself and be, the black planner that was willing to listen and obtain information so that the next time I'm in the same room with these same people, then they're looking at me differently. I think I don't think of it often. Well, because A, it's very, it's few and far between. It's not like Mm -hmm. this happens for me often. And B, it doesn't, it's not in the front of my mind because I know who I am and I know you can think whatever you're, I'm going to out-service you. I'm going to, the photo shoot's going to be amazing. Me, mom, and papa are going to leave here smiling and laughing and whatever. You know what I mean? So I don't think part of what I love is that 
my nails are long and I have all these tattoos. And I know a lot of times I meet people from these publications and I know their first thought is probably like, I didn't know this is who I was emailing, <laughs> but I know I'm so good at what I do that hopefully I will change your mind so that the next time you see somebody who looks like me, you're not thinking, well, she was impressive because you already expect that. Right. Because regardless of what I look like, I know I'm good at what I do. So you can think whatever you thought, but I, it's going to change because I know what I'm, what I'm good at. Right. Right. The, the other part is I saw a meme yesterday, which was fitting. And it said, okay, now we black people, now we've gotten all of this um, attention and hopefully um, business will increase. And now it's time for you to step up and handle it, you know, um, because we also like, you know, it could be now we've gotten all this support black business. Now what? Are mm-hmm. we going to stand up and be the the stand up business black businesses that we should be? Or are we going to are we going to stay on that plateau of, oh, it's just another black business? Can you live up to the hype? Exactly. Right. That's I was <laughs> that what you just said is amazing. I just texted my photographer. She did my branding shoots earlier. I was like. I said, um, hey, Mecca, because Mecca Gamble did my branding shoot. And I was like, hey, girl, um, now that all these brands are looking at me and now I need to give them something fresher to look at because I got these same stale mm-hmm. pictures from January, which people be holding on to their branding pictures. They get their headshots, be the same headshot about 10 years, same headshot. Hey, I'm people. You know, like, I was like, I don't know, honey. No, Linda, I need to get some new pictures because clearly people want something else to look at. She was, I was like... I just had surgery, so I was like, give me like two more weeks to start walking fresh, and we're going we gonna to get it popping. She was like, no, man, we need to get some cascaded flowers on that walker. Let's go. She was like, they don't have time to wait for you to learn how to walk. I was like, you know what? Stay less. I was like, stay less. I can just, stand in, one spot. I just stand in one spot, like, ready. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Because I have to, people looking. Now they looking. You got to get them something. Like, I'm trying to get a style shoot pulled together quick. Like, I've, I've emailed. I see a little racism popping through. Because, I don't know. I, I, you know, you don't know if it's racist or not. Because I... Right. I de- I met email four seasons and I said, Will you guys be interested in hosting a style shoot? Because I know it's quarantine, so nobody's at the hotel. They right. told me they're doing renovations through October. So the whole hotel, there's no spot I can help do anything in the whole hotel. <laughs> and I told them I was gonna be in the front. So I was like, okay, okay, whatever. So I was just like, say less. I'll just go. It has to be another spot. Then I contacted Waldorf for a story. They talking about they're closed maybe next year. What the hotel is closed. The whole, the hotel. whole hotel. The whole hotel. The whole hotel. Front. What if somebody had their wedding scheduled? For, okay. Tiffany has something to say. Tiffany, go somewhere outside, somewhere. Just post up somewhere and just take some pictures. Because y'all just saying, tell me anything. Because I was just like, okay. I, I feel I don't know. Because everything I, can't be a black thing. Yeah, you don't know. Well, I know one place. Everything can't be a black thing. So one place tells me no all the time, and I see they host other people's shoots, and mm-hmm. they're white. Mm-hmm. So that is a black thing. I'm sorry. Well, it, no. they literally tell but, me but no. Some, some things are built on the relationships that you have with with places. How can I build a relationship with them if they don't give me an opportunity? Be, well, because so so we have this conversation about style shoots all the time. I can use Candace, I think, as an example. So, you know, style shoots are, everything is free. You know what I mean? 
and you're asking someone to give you something for free, etc. Right. So for venue, first of all, four seasons, all of those types of venues, it needs to be a relationship building before it's can I have a style shoot here? You know, so a lot of that is relationship building. So they follow me on they follow me on Instagram, be DMing me all the time. A lot of that is from corporate too, though. I know for like big brands like that, a lot of it for me, I had where it was like, if it's not already established and confirmed that it's going to be published, we're not doing it. Like I don't have to be though, because Waldorf Astoria, them they took my style shoot and right. But do you have a but do you have a person there? Like you have Michelle. Yes, but this is before I had a person there. I just asked them and they said, okay. Chateau Lon told me, okay, I don't have no relationship with them. So that's not true. I've done shoots all these places and I had no relationship with them. It's not always about that. They That's what they try to make people think is a relationship. That's a bunch of crap. It's no relationship needed. If they look at your website and they see your pictures look good and they like what you're offering and sometimes they'll say, present us with a mood board. And yes, I'll be having a mood board ready. And I'll get the best of the best to give me a mood board because I don't want to do no PowerPoint mood. I get them a good mood board. <laughs> and then they'll say, then they try to come with, what's the vendor list? And I'll be ready. Here's the vendor list. Now what? <laughs> like, I've done shoots at wineries. Like, they try to give you the, they, they'll give you the crap and I'll be ready for them. It's not about the relationship. Sometimes, yes, I get what you're saying. If you have a relationship, you've done a couple weddings there, you know the director of catering sales, they'll get you in. Cool. But that was just nonsense. You're doing renovations. on. You didn't even let me finish. I didn't even tell you what I wanted. I didn't even tell him when I wanted to do it. I just said, can I do it up here? No, we're doing renovations. So I said, I said, when the renovations in October. So I said, and then he said, oh, you know how these things go. I said, well, I'll circle back around come fall. Don't play on me. I'll do it in November then. Let's schedule it for November then. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't shut me down and say no. You know what I'm saying? Don't say like you don't. If, if I understand hotels do go through process. And this right here is a situation where you guys aren't making money right now. So I didn't ask you to give me anything. Um, you know, I understand it is free. For them, they have to hire. Like sometimes venues will tell you they have to hire a staff person. So here's the thing. So, so if you think the Four Seasons and the, what's the other one? The other place I contacted was Waldorf, but I've already so done it. So if you think it's a black thing, then what's your next step? I'm just going to, I went to a black venue. I reached out to the black venue and see what they said. She didn't respond. Then I'm just going to go to the open she area. I'm just going to go, just gonna go outside. Bump it. I'm going to just deal with the protesters and just go outside. Because I ain't got time. I'm not dealing with Atlanta. I just, I, I'm, I'm a type of person, like, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm not going to continue to beg nobody to have nothing at their space. I'll just go to the next thing or I'll just ask a client like can like if I have a wedding somewhere, I might just do a little mock setup somewhere at the venue. You know, like finagle a little thing, do a little table setup if I want <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not gonna sit here and try to like I'm a I'm a real go getter, you know what I'm saying? Like I might ride by so there and see so a renovation going thing. on. So here's the thing. <laughs> You know, we're 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 in this space now where we're recognizing that we have this race in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is, if now if we experience the race or if we think it, then what are the next steps? Are we just recognizing it and we're just moving, you know, we're just moving on? Or are we addressing it and taking the steps from there to either make a change? Mm you know, bring it to the forefront for whoever the, whatever the think, whatever the person is, or are we doing what you said? We're just like, all right, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to just go over here and I'm going to leave it alone. 
I used to do that. I, I have a really good white friend and I would have her call places for me to see if they give her the same response. She's with me. Y'all go through racism a lot. <laughs> yeah, with me, she's Missy Corporate. She's Melissa. So I would say, Missy, call this number and say, use Melissa and say, da 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 And she'd be like, okay, cool. I'll call you right back. And then she'll call. She's like, oh, it's available. Or, oh, they said, da 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 So I have white planner oh, wow. friends. So I might say, I might send them, just wait a little week or so and say, hey, can you reach out to Four Seasons and Tips? See what they tell you. You know, reach out to, you know, somebody else somewhere, you know, and just to see what they tell you. And then if they give you the same response, then okay. Then it's an equal opportunity, no, you know. But if they say yes, then it's just, I mean, I don't know what I could do at that point. I guess go to corporate, go above their heads and say, this is what's going on at your local office. How do you guys feel about discrimination? You know, because this is what's going on. I like it. I like the way you think, Tiffany. I like your style. I like your style because <laughs> I, like I, I just, I would just going to keep like move on and just be like, well, if you don't want my, if you don't want my shoe, then I feel like you don't want my business because I'm trying to help you guys out because you're going to get the pictures too. You know, it's not just for me. Yeah, but see, that's the that's the thing. So in reference to, I mean, specifically in reference to style shoots, you know, everything we're asking for is free. That's one. Two, the reason why I'm saying everything is not, I don't, you now where everything is micro. So now everything is racist, you know? All right, I asked yeah. the Four Seasons and they're close to October. Everybody asked the Four Seasons for a style shoot. Like every, probably every day, you know? And just how we were talking about earlier about the style shoots and showing blackness, you know, the four seasons might not want a shoot with so much blackness. We, you know, so everything is not always about, you know, now it's going to always be about race. That's, that's what I'm saying. But the same way we should be treating small businesses, entrepreneurship and businesses. If you feel that way, then what are the next steps? You know what I mean? All right, so if a small business, if we, if Candace has to open up the bridal salon at 10 o'clock and she don't open it up until 1030, now it's like, oh, I'm never going there again. No, we're going to pull Candace aside. Like, ma'am, your store is supposed to open up at 10 o'clock. This is not bad. This is not good business practices for a small black business X, Y, Z. Then if there's no, then you move on, you know, but it has to be brought to the forefront for it to be even recognized, addressed faced or changed it can't just be we just run into an issue and then it's like all right well i'm gonna go over here to lazaro where they got the all-white staff because they're gonna they open up at 10 and they're gonna open up at 9 45 but we didn't tell this black business or this small business we didn't tell them what our problem was before we just walked away and now they're, you know, going through the same, now they still have the same problem because it wasn't brought to the forefront and we didn't insert anything for a change or a response or a reasoning. That's, that's all. I like it. I, I think that's, that's awesome. Too. For style shoots, I, it really changes day by day how I reply to people asking about style shoots, especially with Corona, because right now I think people want as few people touching their stuff, going in their business interacting with them and on the vendor side my experience hasn't been that i've ever gotten a huge response or like a lot of business from style shoots so it's almost like okay i gotta take the time to get whatever you need i might have to bring something there or have a staff member be present while you're there now i pay for manpower and then depending on what your service is like now i gotta get the dress clean because the got it dirty because you were outside and then like 
if it doesn't get published, maybe. In meantime, I, you ain't you ain't got no ROI. Yeah, for me, for, on my on my end, it has always been more work than generally. It's been worse. So it's like Tiffany with the relationships. I might be like, okay, we've done a a, a trade kind of thing. So I'll let you we can figure something out. But a lot of times, I'm just like, at least on the styling side, because that's usually what's going to get messed up. If something's going to get damaged, it's usually going to be something like that. So I, there's a lot of different reasons why I say no. And truth of the matter is, I mean, and it's a bad assumption. You know, the Four Seasons is, is about $180 per plate. So they're going to be looking at you, your vendor list, et cetera. Like, are we going to get a wedding from this style shoot? Mm-hmm. Like, this vendor list compiled, are they, is, is, is this going to bring us a bride that's where it's going to be $180 per plate? He didn't, he didn't let me get that far. You know, no, but I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, you know, that's a, yeah. as, as far as that's concerned, you know, just, just like Candace said, like her, she, it goes from day to day, you know, um, I don't, I, I always say, and I have, and I'm doing a style shoot class for a thousand reasons, probably, this is probably one of them. I always say, I never, I do at least one style shoot a year. Um, one, cause it's too much work. But I do, I do like one, one, one a year, but there's never no one on my team that I don't give them business or they, the business is not coming. Like I'm not going to a bridal salon just out the blue and say, Hey, how you doing? I, can I get a dress for uh, a style shoot? I don't do that. I have to, I have to at least go to that. I've been to that salon that wedding season or I'm bringing a bride, you know what I mean, that season, or the owner of the salon knows me. I can, I'm not just going to call Candace out the blue and say, hey, um, I'm doing a style shoot downtown. Is it possible I can get a dress? And she'll they like, do. No. She's like, no. <laughs> I used to do so many. I mean, people taking five, six, ten dresses, and you know how many shoots? We never saw those pictures. Really? We do contracts because um, of that you reason. Yeah, we do contracts, but um, my end is a little different because usually I'm the director, so like I'm in charge of the, getting the pictures. Mm-hmm. But when I do florals, I charge for the florals now so that I don't have that problem. Like when I first started, I would always pay for the flowers. I'm like, oh, I'm so part of feel part of the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, this is the rate. And that way, if I don't get the pictures, then I'm not so bummed because I'm not out of money. Right. But now, if you pay for the flowers. And I get the pictures, then it's a double win, you know? But I don't participate in everyone's shoot. I always ask for the photographers, the mood board. I want to know the venue so that I know that mm, at least I'm going to be part of something that's going to be representative of my brand as well. Like if you're doing some nonsense at a backyard barbecue, some kind, that's not happening. So not doing it. So I usually like to find out like the scope of what you're doing. If you want, if it's not something I'm directing, but um, I get what you're saying. A style shoot is like a mini wedding. It's a lot of work. So, but I am going to circle back around with man come November after I have my friend Missy contact him next week. (laughs) (laughs) Missy going to call him next week. You see, she going to pick up the phone and call him. There will be no email tracing. She going to call him next week, direct on the phone. And ask him if they're doing any shoots, um, if they're doing any renovations, firstly. And then we're going to circle back around about the shoot. Um, but, yeah. Well, wow, Ashley, you guys have really, y'all, you guys have made me think about all kind of things that I haven't even thought of, you know, like, brought in my mind. And it's good to talk to people in the wedding industry and from both sides. You, you know, you're a bride, Ashley, and 
just thinking about some stuff. And I'm just like, I, I've told you this so many times. I'm so glad that your wedding is in right now. Think of the brides who are supposed to be getting married, right? My son is getting on Saturday. I'm, I'm like, do you not know it's a curfew? Her window ain't until 10 o'clock. I'm confused. Oh, I ain't even thinking about the curfew. I'm is confused. it in City of Atlanta, her wedding? No, but it's in Duluth. Oh, however, um, every, my curfew. city got a curfew, so I need to be home. Lawrenceville um, had a curfew for like a day. Yeah, well, that might be fine. Curfew. No, I think the curfew is only in Atlanta. Um, yeah, still got a curfew. Yeah, don't play. Alpharetta don't want y'all messing up Avalon. They closed the Avalon two days in a row early. Yeah, I know. They're not playing. They're not playing. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I was like, I know some of her guests have to live in Atlanta. So I'm like, they're probably just going to leave early, you know? Nobody's trying to get drug out of cars and stuff. So. That, okay. that, that them two, uh, that Morehouse little uh, Clark Atlanta, um, them babies, they finna sue the city of Atlanta down. And, and they sure. should. And yes. they should. Uh, uh, but yeah, anyway. I can't imagine being getting married right now with like the COVID Everything. on top of racial, you know, because we're we're going to the wedding on Saturday. We're gonna be masked up. We're gonna be gloved up. I don't care if it's socially distanced. We're gonna be socially distanced. We're mm-hmm. arriving and spreading ourselves out. And this particular wedding is a high profile wedding. So I know for a fact, it's something that I need to prepare myself for mentally before I go into the situation, because the staff I'm sure is going to be a little bit, you know, on edge. It's a weird climate. Mm-hmm. It's strange. I've and never just halfway. <laughs> I've never done a wedding in the middle of a pandemic and riots in the streets. Okay. <laughs> So right. when when you when you guys when I can release who it is on Sunday or Saturday, this is gonna be good. <laughs> Just follow me on Instagram on my stories, okay? Oh, you already know. I'm gonna be heart eyeing and flaming you the whole time. <laughs> Hundred emoji. <laughs> this particular wedding is is one for the people. Interesting. I can't wait. Deleuze. <laughs> <laughs> okay so from this conversation what's the last question yes so what are the next steps in i guess what are the positives from this whole movement of course you know i know like we're trending right now and we're in but like what are the positives from this and what changes do you feel like we're gonna now see um and are we going to uphold these companies these vendors to that i mean like of course right now we're doing so but are we going to do this let's say a month from now or a year from now or even five years from now Mm. um like do you feel like this is just going to die down and you know um those same people that are following you right now like are they going to unfollow you um especially like the big brands that are now you know saying hey please go support this vendor or please go support that vendor like are they still going to be saying the same things in five ten years and are we going to have to do this again so i guess what are your thoughts regarding that the positives and i guess like the next steps i think the positives are uh, one the visibility for as small and black businesses i think that is you know important like candace you know was saying earlier you know that someone followed she was like whoa you know some big brands follow so i think the you know the visibility is always great uh so the other part is that we had to 
manage wedding businesses um, during a pandemic. That, that came first. And then this new light of racism in the industry and, you know, race came recently. So I think the positives is going to be how we manage, pivot, change, and elevate our businesses because of all of these things. And if we sit and do nothing and just appreciate the follow and appreciate the like or appreciate the, then, you know, that's somebody's choice. But what, you know, but the next step is to elevate off of this cause. Because the reality of it is we won't know how long this trend will last. So we want to take advantage of it now. So now we need to be at the forefront. You know, this can elevate your, well, I don't have a 2020 wedding season, not through mine away. But for those of you who have 2020 wedding seasons, this can elevate you for October, November. You know, you don't know what client you'll get from this trend. You know what I mean? Or what client I might get from this trend now for next year. So I think the the positive is to come up off of being visible and being a small black business right now. Because if it was never cool, it is definitely cool today. So very true. Very true. I agree. I think um, Tiffany, you made a great point earlier. I think you were trying to say, um, like now the eyes are on us. We have to work on being the best professionals we can be. I put a a caption under my picture. The revolution has been televised. Now let's change the narrative. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people see us as less than um, animals, thugs. So now I've never been an animal. I've never been a thug. I've never been less than anyone. Um, So now I'm going to show you what I'm about. Actions speak louder than words. I can always tell you about my degrees. Nobody really cares about my degrees except my mama. But I used to keep them at her house and let her put them on the wall because she's the only one who cares about them. <laughs> I had them framed and had them at her house. And recently, I brought them to mine so my kids can look at them. But um, I just wanted to show people like how I take hospitality extremely seriously. Um, very kind to my vendor friends. Um, I talk to them during the pandemic. I have had vendors we'll text each other. How are you actually doing? I've had some vendors text me, how is your mental right now? Um, since I had 32 weeks to go with my floral friends, I had one floral friend message me today. She knew, saw that I was having a wedding. She said, do you need help? I'll send one of my freelancers to help you this weekend. She didn't even have to do that. She sees that I need help and she's just there because she wants to make sure that my business stays where it needs to be. Because my people know me, I'm the kind of person that I'll just get it done. I'll struggle with my little walker and get it done. But you don't want to have to struggle. You don't have to struggle anymore. There's people who can help you. Um, I saw one uh, business professional saying, if you're not good at something, stop trying to do all the things. Find someone who's good at that. And if you have the money, pay them whatever they ask for. And you can focus your attention somewhere else. This year, I hired an assistant, virtual assistant. I never thought in a million years I'd be the person who had a virtual. You can't tell me nothing. And I've been giving this poor girl stuff to do. And I, <laughs> she was just like, I don't do that. I was like, okay, okay. I'm pushing it. Got it. All right, so I'll find something that you're supposed to be doing. Okay, okay, okay. So I was like, 
I was like, can you um set up my auto reply on my email? She was like, I can tell you how to do it yourself. I was like, okay, perfect. I got it. I'm going to do it myself. Got it. Got it. <laughs> you handle something else. But you know, just the mere fact that I took the time to invest in someone to help me get my stuff together so I can be on top of client calls. And, you know, I pay, paid into a content management system so I can keep my contracts together. Just making sure that I'm on top of my game. Because I have one friend. She said she does makeup. And I was like, how do you do your contract? She was like, oh, or invoicing. Oh, PayPal. And stuff. I was like, all right. Um, you know, clients can re- request a chargeback on that uh, up to a year later. <laughs> then you'll be sitting there looking crazy with <laughs> the money coming out of your account. And so, you know, like, do you have a business bank account? Like, do you have a tax ID? I've, I told a client, a planner of this, I'm not working with any planners in 2021 that don't have a business license. Um, she's like, well, I don't have a business license. I was like, you need to get that. I don't understand. That don't have a what? I missed it. I'm sorry. Business license. Business oh. license. Like a li- yeah. I need to work with a licensed and experienced planner. You know, if we're going to be doing this, we got to do it legally. We got to get our stuff together so that we're both on the same, you know. We're, we're doing business. This is a bit, this is not a hobby. This is real life business, you know? So I'm well, taking what that, that what, is, what does that look like for you though? What is, what is that? What does that mean? Uh, uh, um, well, um, I was talking with the venue owner and she said they work with only licensed and experienced planners. So when I say that to say, we're not doing my cousin auntie is helping me plan my wedding. We're but doing, as, but as a florist, how do you demand that? Um, so, I'm a little bit different than your average florist, right? So I have design minimums. So next year, my minimums are going to go up so that your rural budget has to be a certain amount. That equals you are going to have to have a planner of a certain caliber. That means that that particular planner is probably going to have a license business. Model. So if your floral minimums, I'm very familiar with them. If your floral minimum is 10000 Bride hires you, your floral minimum is met. Couple weeks later, she say, "Oh, my sister's going to be the planner for the wedding." Now what? Before you meet that minimum, you have to talk to them and see if they have a planner. So do you not? Oh, no, no. You don't do clients without planners. No, that's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's something I'm considering next year. If you don't have a planner, I don't want to do your wedding um, because it puts a lot of pressure on me to be your planner for ne- for your wedding. I end up doing your timeline. I end up doing your floor plan. I end up managing your vendors. And I don't want to do that. I've done that so many times. I don't want to do that anymore. I actually had to hire someone on my team to manage clients without planners because they have to ask the questions. The venue would come and ask me all the questions. Who has the the flower girl basket? Where does the cake go, Lanil? Where's I'm like, I don't know. And her sister doesn't know because it's her first wedding. Her auntie cousin don't know because they this they second wedding. The only one they have ever planned was their own. We're not doing that. We're not doing backyard barbecue wedding stuff no more. And this is not a race thing. This is actually just straight up. We're not doing it. Right. Some clients who have, there are some clients, like you said, who have big budgets and they think they don't need a planner because they feel like they can do it themselves. That's called planning from the aisle. I'm not doing that anymore because on the wedding day, they're nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. So they're enjoying their bridal suite. Mm-hmm. And all the plans and preparations they put in place, the venue always comes asking us because we're the only people that's on site shuffling everything else. We don't want to do that anymore. And this is after having several conversations with a lot of, you know, designers and we'll sit there and talk. And we're like, I was like, that's what y'all do? Yeah, we don't work with anybody without a planner. Do you, you still doing that kind of stuff? Yeah. 
you're still struggling, stressed out, trying to figure out what, who's the photographer a week before. You don't get that the vendor list um, at least a month out. Like I'm like, no, that's why you don't get the pictures after the wedding when they because you didn't they didn't have a planner and the planner didn't get that for you. No, so that's all those things. So like now what I do, I pay for a photographer for my clients' weddings so that I have pictures. Does that make any sense? Who does that? Me, because I have. That's a lot. Where are so, you? What? I what? Where are you? You're operating out of Atlanta. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know how many planners thank me? One of my planners was like, if I didn't get those pictures from you, yeah, but how the does client it, was happy. It, I, I'm sorry, Ash. This is I'm so sorry. This is I got so many questions. I'm no, so you sorry. Don't. <laughs> I'm no. noticing that there's a difference between the north and the south because a lot of the things that you all are having to deal with, Tiffany doesn't seem like she's having to deal with that. Right. Stuff. <laughs> so like I'm <laughs> noticing but then the again, we're in the south. We're in the south still. I mean, I like know, the minimum. I like yeah. the minimum Tiffany was saying. If I had a ten thousand dollar minimum, oh baby girl, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be great. You, if you could barely so, get half so, of that, so, so here's the thing. So here's if you're putting, if you get ready to do a minimum, it means that you're getting ready to change your clientele. That's one I have a minimum now. I have a minimum now, but I'm just I'm going to increase my minimum. Yes. But, and it did, like last year when I increased my minimum, it did change my clientele. Right. It, so, it when it really changed, did. So, so when it changes your clientele, you don't have to worry about your clientele, your client having a planner, because if they're paying that type of minimum, they should have a planner anyway. That's true. They don't. They don't. Not all of them. So the other part is you're a photographer at a wedding with a, another photographer. How does that work when you're in? Um, usually they work around each other. Is I usually let them know the photographer is for me, not for mm-hmm. the client. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like whatever. It, it's it's fine. It's like they know they're not trying to, you know, I say, I usually say it's just for details or my photographer kind of stands away from them when they're doing bridal party shots. She may go up high. <laughs> she goes through the bushes. But she gets know, my bridal, know, I was like, give, you, give me the bridal party know, shot if you can, you know. So you know the conflict of that, right? The yeah, conflict. we... They have a contract with the bride, but my contract with the bride states that I'm allowed to take pictures during my um, design right. um, and I'm allowed to post them. Um, I, I have it in my contract. I cover right. my. So, so if, if your pictures get published, right? Um, mm, they're not submission. They're not submit, submittable type of posts. They're most more so just for um, websites and social media. They're oh. not like, um, yeah, they're not that kind. Cause you're not gonna get a full gallery. You know, I'm not getting five to fifty to hundred pictures. I might get twenty to twenty-five. So they're not really publishable. I'm not I'm getting not flat lays and all that. I just had. Qu- I was asking questions. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm not getting flat lays. But for planners, I've told a lot of planners that they should hire a photographer if they want to get detail shots. Because sometimes from photographers, you're not gonna get that. But we don't require this. We shouldn't have to do that because we should be building. Rela- everything is built off relationship. We shouldn't have to do that. I don't. I don't do that. When, yeah, I go, I when, I, when I go into a wedding planning situation, one, if I'm the planner nine times out of 10, they my photographers anyway that came off my list. Mm-hmm. That's two, when I walk into a planning situation, it's a, you know, it's a we thing. Like they're communicating with me for six to eight to 10 months. So if, if you don't give me any photos, you will never get another client from me. I <laughs> I taught a class last year and I told every, I told every planner in the, in the room, we are the most important people in a wedding because we can build your business for potential clients or we can shut it down and you won't get another client from, you know, 
you got to think photography is what, 3,500, 4,000, 5,000? In a couple months, I'm not sending you my new bride. You won't get another 5,000 from me mm. if, you don't, if you don't send me photos. Mm. If you if you don't if you don't communicate, I tell I tell planners all the time we the most important people in the room. Atlanta is crazy. It is dog eat dog, cat I don't know catty whatever they say. That is what it is. I ain't coming so down there. These- <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna come and plan my wedding, Tiffany. <laughs> These photographers don't send you pictures. It's like I'm confused. We're, we are flabbergasted. Like we ask them, we're like, why are we begging you? So you can see photography. You can see floors. They are taking. We're taking our own little cell phone. I went and bought a good cell phone because I was like, bump it. I'm gonna just take my own pictures. I'm like, nah, this is not right. So I had one of the girls. She. I had when when I first started. Me and my husband. We went and bought a real good camera. Like that, buy my own camera. That looked horrible because I don't know what to do after that. So then I went and hired a photographer, and I have two. I have two on rotation. If one not available, no problem. I got another one because I'm not here to play with y'all. I need to get these detail shots. So I can have them because they don't want to give them up. The planners, sometimes the clients act like they never knew you. The photographers don't want to give it up. And then the bride is like, oh, one bride is like, I'm on vacation honeymoon. I'll get to you right after. I'm not going to keep emailing you. Sorry, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to help you out, sis. I'm trying to get you published. I would love to get y'all published. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to send me the pictures or the photography release form, you know, all the stuff that they need to do, then I'm not about to play with y'all. But no. But yeah, Atlanta is the whole, now that you're saying what you're saying, now I know it's a problem. Like it's actually it's a valid problem. Like it doesn't. It's not typical to get it back the pictures. It's this, and then it's not typical for a high budget client to demand it to have a planner because the venues give off this air that the um what do you call those people? The coordinator at the venue oh. is there for you and mm-hmm. they're there to help you. And so they're the ones who are going to help run the the timeline. You know how that goes. The venue coordinator runs the timeline. And the client doesn't know that the venue coordinator is for the venue to make sure you're getting in and out at a certain time. And the food is more for the food to make sure the food is out and, you know, at a certain time and you're not breaking and stealing and stuff. That's what they're there for, not for you. So that's why a lot of clients with high budgets, they spend so much on the venue that then when it's time for them to hire a planner that wants $5,000 or whatever, then they're like, oh, my cousin's going to do it. So she did her own wedding, so she's going to do it. And then the cousin don't know what she's doing, and then you're stuck. So that's why I was like, I don't want to do that no more. I don't care. I ain't got time. I don't. And it, that they may that may that may help. They may come across as I, I'm going to find a way to word it nicely, but and it may have come across as snooty or just don't. I just really need my sanity for 2021, and I need to have more peace, and I need to work less and make more. And the only way to do that is have some really strict guidelines and check boxes of what I need to have for my target client. And my target client really needs to understand that order and organization has to be a priority on their end, as well as mine. I got to do better as well, you know, for 2021, if I'm going to be asking them to have a planner and all that stuff, but I just, I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to show up, but I'm going to need some timelines and floor plans prepared for me, you know, because I don't want to, I literally had, like I said, I had to hire someone on my team for clients who don't have that. And I got to pay that person to to get the you know to make something up so that we know where to put stuff and no I want to do that no I'm good <laughs> sorry Tanaya <laughs> no it's okay it's okay <laughs> it's all right um how about you Candice what was the question 
<laughs> so I guess like, so what are the positives and I guess okay. like, what are the next steps? Yes, yes, yes. Um, the positives are, I think like they both said, I mean, we have the spotlight right now, whether no matter how shallow or how long term it is, the light is on us. You have the eyes It's what you're going to do with it. I think now it's like, now is your time. I feel like the visibility and having the opportunity, it's like the next step is conversion. Like likes and followers are great, but now it's like, okay, talking the talk and you got 600 new followers. How can you turn those conversions into actual bookings and actual clients and actual sales? And I feel like it won't be hard for us to hold the brands that are saying this to what they're saying, because this isn't the first time we've talked about this or thought about this. It may be the loudest we've talked about it, but I've gone to conventions more than once or market where I'm like, it's the same for black girls every single time or wow, there's no black designers here. So I don't think it'll be hard to hold them that because we whispered about, about it at every event and bridal show and market and things like that. So yeah, I think for me, it's more pro than anything because we have eyes on us. And for those vendors who know, that they can do what they say they can do, I feel like there's only good that can come from it. Good answer. So do you feel like at these conventions, like do you feel like like the black vendors, are they going to show up now? Like now that, you know, these other vendors are saying, hey, you know, y'all are welcome. Well, right now they're saying y'all are welcome. Like, do you think that we'll actually be attending these events to form these relationships in order for all of us to get into certain places. Like Tiffany was saying, we need to form these relationships with these other vendors that have a higher platform. I would hope so. And I mean, I knew a lot of them are these different conferences or conventions or events. A lot of them are not cheap. A lot of them, like I know, um, when Neil was saying the wedding pro convention, I've been to that multiple times. Those are not cheap. Um, especially because a lot of them are like in Vegas or all these different places. So I get the investment part of it, but I think getting on Eventbrite and just typing in wedding and seeing what events, there are a lot of free events and there are a lot of networking events and it's having the confidence to speak up and make those connections. I think while we're saying we, they can't make us do all the work, we can't make them do all the work either. Sure. Like, if you're a good planner, how am I going to know that if you're not in my preferred vendor sheet? Like if you don't make yourself, if you don't show yourself to me, there's no reason for me to go outside of my mm-hmm. comfort zone of these six people that I know mm-hmm. can deliver. So I, I think so. I would love to continually. I see. I feel like whenever I go to these things and there's like an unspoken, like a, like, Hey girl, like I see you here too. Like we're excited to see someone else who looks like us. And I want to make sure we go to these. We don't just talk to the people who look like us Uh because then we're going to be stuck in just a bubble of just black people. And then we're never going to get out of that. Uh Let me tell you, I, I went to the convention in Vegas last year. It's the wedding NBA conference. The tickets were super cheap in the scheme of things as far as the conference tickets and everything else was high. Like, I'm just putting that out there. Flight high. But it was the best experience I ever made. When I got to the conference, it was mostly white people, okay? But they did have a, a diverse panel. Like, they had a good bit of black speakers, okay? I made it my goal this year. I was like, man, this year, I'm going to try to get as much black people from all over the country to come to the show. Because it was life-changing for me as a business professional because they taught us so much content in that little bit of time. The ticket was only $160 to the actual convention for three days. And that's cheap in the scheme of things because, you know, these big conventions are usually $1,000. You know, the, the workshops and all that stuff is usually very expensive. So what I would say is um, 
we have to show up. We have we can spend money on our black women spend money on our hair, our nails. I do. I mean, on our clothes, on our shoes, and our handbags, and our purses. But let somebody say a conference, we're like, oh. right? When it's a tax write off for your business, it's a business expense you can plan out for the year ahead. So if you just go to one, you know, then make it that one that you invest in and plan ahead and go. And make it a group thing, you know, like you don't have to go by your friends, like 10 black girls and y'all just boss up and go together so that you can learn together and grow together. You know, because I said last year, I met I met some black people. I did. I found a four black people in the room. I was like, all right, we're going to go to all the classes together, bump it. So I was like, I will not do this by myself. And I found some like from California. I found this um, Indian lady from Toronto. We all joined up like floor designers. And we joined up and we went through the different classes together and it was really cool. And we ended up meeting our, our, the people that we really enjoy seeing, like on te- like on the different things we get. To, and then at the end, David Tutera was there. So that was like the big thing at the end. But even the wedding pro one, the wedding pro one was in Orlando. Me and my a planner friend of mine, we flew out there and we felt like a little fish in a fishbowl. We found other three black people that were there too. But then we started talking with, we started spreading out and talking to the white people that were there and trying to build connections. So like you said, we have to go ahead and go and try to save up money and go. As black people, we can't always complain that, oh, that's too high. Oh, we, we just got to save up. I mean, yeah, they have some conventions and workshops that's too high. Just don't go. But they're the ones that's a little bit more affordable. Go ahead and save up and plan for and be present. Because if you're not present, your voice will not get heard. And when I'm in this convention, I'm raising my hand. I email back with the survey and ask, tell them how they can do better. Be more diverse. Have some more black people on your panels. These are some people I think you should bring out next year. You know, tell them they did a great job. Like I told them you did a great job on this, but this is how you can do better. You know, if you're not present, they won't hear your voice. So I think that's how I will do better. If I can go, I will go. The free events, I'll go. Because a lot of times, you know, you're like, I don't feel like going. I ain't going. There's going to be too many white people there. I ain't going. Like, <laughs> find a black friend and y'all go. And just, or just. Don't be scared. Just because they're white don't mean they're mean or, you know, you're in the same industry. So it's okay. You have you clearly have the same interest in hospitality and weddings. So go ahead and go and try to network as much as you can and be present. If you're not present, like I said, they won't hear you. So that's my, I'm going to try to do better 2021 to be more present at, this, at these conventions and stuff so they can start seeing my face and hearing my voice more and more. Because I think um, when I went to the one in Vegas, I did meet some people and then we're like, okay, next year we're going to go, you know, next year we're going to go do something. Have you heard about this other one? You know, we started talking, I'll plan to try to do one the same time as winning NBA, but nobody was going there because everybody was already going to the other one. They're like, we're not doing both. <laughs> we, can do, we can do one. But now that I saw that our planner wasn't as diverse, now I'm going to tell them, this is why we're not going to yours because you guys are not diverse overall. You know, you're going to let them know they can do better for next year. First off, thank y'all. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I know this was longer than y'all wanted, but this was a good conversation. Honestly, we talked about everything. I learned so much about style shoes tonight. (laughs) Um, No, it's fine. I mean, uh, y'all, this conversation confirmed some stuff that we had already been kind of discussing and wanting to do and move forward with. I mean, you gave us like really, really good information this evening. I think people who will listen to this podcast, you'll start to ask yourself different questions and you'll probably think a different way. Definitely, we appreciate all of you. Um, Of course, we will continue to support you all. Yeah, stay safe. That's it. Yeah, yeah, basically. (laughs) 
mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, yes. Thank you, Tanil and Ashley. Um, it was so nice to meet Lanil and Candace. I followed you guys on social media. Yes, ma'am. Um, nice to meet you. Please, please be safe. Um, both things, pandemic first, and then you know, our current current events. It was really, really nice to meet you guys. And, you know, wishing everybody um, a great wedding season, if it's this year or next year. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Enjoy the rest of y'all's night. Okay. Right. Bye. Uh, let me talk about weddings. Let me know. Got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>